This episode of Converge with my guest, Andy Petranek, is sponsored by Fastermind Coaching. Fastermind is your personal trainer for you and your business, getting the kind of real-world results you've been looking for. For more information, check out fastermindcoaching.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things, and when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work, and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. The idea of taking what you care about most, what you're passionate about, and translating that into a business is not new. In fact, most of the folks who are listening to this podcast understand very clearly how important that is and also how exciting it is. I mean, I know when I started in photography, the idea of taking what I cared about so much and and making money from it just seemed like the ideal, like the dream. But as many of you guys can attest, and I know I have experienced, and certainly our guests has experienced, it's not always easy to take what we care about and are passionate about and turn that into something that's viable in the business world. But in the case of Andy Petranek, who is our guest today, he's the he's founder of CrossFit LA. He's the co-founder of the Whole Life Challenge, which is impacting tens of thousands of people at a time who are getting off the couch, sometimes for the first time, and really transforming their life in an eight-week period. But he's done a whole lot more than that. And as we listen to how his life resume has translated into a business and all the risks and challenges and temptations along the way, I hope as a listener, you are tuning in very carefully and avoiding the steps that many fall into, the pitfalls, but really learn from guys like Andy, stand on his shoulders, and figure out a way for you to monetize your passions. How do we deliver a better product or a better experience for our existing clients in and around impacting their lives? How do we impact their lives more? I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Andy, welcome to Converge. Thanks. It's great to be here. It is a thrill to have you here. It's so funny. Uh, For those who are tuned in from my world, uh, we just did this event called the the uh, Go, the Converge Summit, and we had all these folks that were there, and a bunch of us have jumped in and uh, jumped in with your whole life challenge. But you've done a lot more than create a game online for people to get healthy. Well, let's go back a little bit. So uh, you were a Gulf War vet in the Marines. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you're a trained trumpet player. Uh, yeah, but yeah, well, it's interesting because before being in the Marines, before college, basically my whole life was was music. I made a choice to, to go into the Marine Corps after college, and um, it was one of the best decisions of my life. I, I it, The experience I got and the training I got and the camaraderie and the friends and the the, the, you know, the experience, the life experience that I got was just, you know, un, unachievable any other way. I didn't know that at the time, but, um, it was. So talk a little bit about the space of time between, you know, that moment. And as you started getting into extreme sports and, uh, and what, you know, what, yeah, what was that so world when I, like? When I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, you know, I mean, one of the most difficult things for anybody that has been in the military and gets out is what do you do? The vastness of the availability of things to do is is almost overwhelming. It is overwhelming, 
and uh, I just put my hands in the in the life of a recruiter, of a person who specialized in placing officers from getting out of the Marine Corps, and he got me a job. He got me a sales job, and I worked it for four and a half years. And while I was doing that, I discovered a, a new thing that was that was uh, created by Mark Burnett, who's more famous now for Survivor than really anything else. Um, but he created this thing called the Eco Challenge, and it was a 300-mile adventure race that I immediately, as soon as I heard, heard, I heard an interview on the radio, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I got to do that. And I literally called one of my best friends from the Marines and said, dude, let's do this. And he goes, I'm in. It costs 10,000 bucks. I literally drove to Mark Burnett's office in Burbank, wrote the check. Somehow I had the money and wrote the check and uh, had a team in this thing. I really didn't even know what it was. Wow. And, um, you completed three of these, right? I did. I, I, you know, what's funny is I never actually completed one as a as a complete team. I completed them, but we didn't. I never had a whole team finish, um, which is a big one of the one of the big, you know, difficult tasks in a in an expedition race is to not lose a person on your team hmm. from an injury or from you know whatever whatever else. And then I got into shorter distance races and uh, got a sponsorship from Red Bull and and was racing in those. You know, short, I use, um, I put in quotes usually because it's like, it's a three and a half hour race. It's not, there's nothing short about it. (laughs) But compared to seven days, it's very short, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And while I was doing that, I was working a job at Gold's Gym. I was learning about nutrition. I I ended up quitting my job, my sales job, because it just, just wasn't in alignment for kind of the people I wanted to be around and the life I wanted to lead. And, um, you know, I didn't really know it at the time, but that risk that I, you know, I, I basically went from making over a hundred, hundred thousand dollars a year in my sales job to my first year adventure racing. And I was a massage therapist. Actually, my was my first health and fitness type job. I probably made $5,000 that first year. And, uh, it was quite a change quite a risk. You know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing and then just kind of continued to, you know, work and educate myself. And I think that's really one of the big themes that is prevalent in my life from, I, I mean, I remember my grandfather telling me when I was growing up, you know, the one thing that no one can ever take away from you is your education. And, uh, so I just, started learning and I became like a sponge and uh, basically became a trainer and a coach. This was in like 1997, 96, and then went back to UCLA and then went and got a certification from the Czech Institute in San Diego and uh, started, you know, building a business around personal training. Well, let's talk a little bit about that comment you just made a moment ago about around risk. I mean, what strikes me is, is when you say that, you know, especially in retrospect, it doesn't seem very risky. Now you have like 20,000 people signing up for a worldwide game to get healthy. Right. And, it, and you know, it's very affordable, but it's, that scales pretty quickly. You do the math and all of a sudden you're like, wow, that's, that's right. significant. And you've only been doing it for a couple of years. Right. So looking back, it appears as though you really risk at all. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. But, to, but in real time, it was crazy. It was crazy risky. I mean, it was it was silly. Like, what was I doing? I remember some of my buddies who were Marines were like, "Dude, are you? What are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Like, you have a great job. You you have a company car. You have benefits. You've got, you know. I, I mean, I had my I had my things lined up. It was uh, it was not a smart move, quote unquote, to to follow this this very 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 alternative path with no really no idea." where it was going to head, where it was going to lead. I mean, I did not have a plan. I did not have a strategy. 
you know, unfortunately, I didn't have a family or, or, you know, a wife or anyone to support other than me. So I could afford to take those kinds of risks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, each time that I made a move like like that, because I in moving my business from being a massage therapist to then being a personal trainer in and around town and then moving my business inside of a gym and all of a sudden I had overhead and then opening my first gym, which was CrossFit LA, each, each one of those was a huge, uh, like, oh my God, can I do this? Am I going to make it? Am I going to survive? And each one felt like a, a major risk. It took me, you know, weeks, sometimes months to, to decide what, if I was going to move forward. When you uh, when you mentioned a minute ago that your job was out of alignment that the, yeah. with with who you were, and then as you made these, how, how important is that alignment question when it comes to your own decision making process, whether back then or even today? You know, I, I think I'm one of those people who tend to see the glass as half full all the time. So I it wasn't that you know like I was really good at the job, and I enjoyed aspects of the job. But when I looked around at the the people and the relationships and the places I wanted to spend my time outside of work, the, these were just not my people. And this was not my culture. And I didn't really relate on that level to the people at that job. So for me, it was important enough to change my life. You know, it was important enough to, to, to I wanted my social life, my personal life, and my work life to all kind of meld into one, you know, big pot. For me, that was really important. And um, I kind of built my life around that. I mean, that was really, that's when I think back of, for the last 15 years, you know, that has happened. No doubt people are coming to you all the time and looking for advice and that sort of thing around these particular topics when it comes to risk and doing foolish things and calibrating if you're out of alignment. How eager are you to, to say to folks, go and do likewise, do what I did? Or when are you hesitant and you're like, yeah, I don't know if you in particular should do it or if anyone <laughs> should do it. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think, you know, the most important thing that I tell people is don't be, you know, don't be stupid. If, if you don't have, like I had savings. The first thing is make sure you have that sort of savings so that you, you're not left dealing with the reptilian functions of, of uh, where are you going to sleep, where are you going to eat, where are you going to get your where, – where's your safety coming from? Yeah. Um, that's critical because you can't be creative. You can't be generous. You can't be – you know, working on helping people and educating yourself when you're worried about where your next meal is going to come. So that's a that's a big one. And then be willing to dip into that savings is another really big one. What are some examples of places where you've taken a risk on yourself and it and it didn't work out? You know, it's very funny you asked that question. I remember when we I just started my business at CrossFit LA, and we were I can't remember what we were doing. We were starting something new, some new program. And my program director at the time, Becca, who was my first major you know, hire. She was a client first, and then she came on board as a as a coach, and she became my kind of second in charge. We were starting this thing, and she and she took me aside, and she said, "Look, 
she's like, take an inventory of your life. Is there one thing that you've tried that you've like just miserably failed at or that like fallen down and when you really wanted to make it work or make it happen that you did not, it did not happen. And I couldn't point to one. And she goes, yep, me neither. So she's like, don't worry, this is going to work out. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, there was a lot of stress involved that, that was very helpful. So there really, once I, in my life, my experience has been once I put my mind to something, I've, I've been, it's, it's worked somehow it's worked out. Now that doesn't always mean it was financially successful or, you know, it was successful in some way moving me forward, whether it's an education or whether it, it led to something that I didn't know at the time it was going to lead to, or it was, was financials financially successful. So, so it it also depends on how you look at those things. Yeah. You are someone who has a lot of talent and I, some of our listeners, they're, they're in a, in a, in a kind of similar category where they have a high capacity in certain areas. And I know uh, both in my life and in the lives of those I've had a chance to connect with on this topic, the temptation to trade in your talent or your time for money uh, is very, very high. I mean, I, you know, you were a musician. What do musicians do? They play and get paid to get play, to play. Or if, they're, if you're an artist, you create and you get paid to, to do that. And oftentimes that comes in the form of an hourly wage. But that's a horrible business model. I mean, you can't, yep. you really run up against not being able to go much further than the amount of time you have available to trade in. Right. Uh, so talk a little bit about your, your own process with that idea, or maybe you've never struggled with that. Because certainly right now you've, you've made a transition where you've, you're fully scaled. I mean, you're right. Creating right. Your t- putting your talent in a, in a nice kind of scalable vehicle. I mean, as a personal trainer, that's exactly what you're talking, exactly what the limitation is time. Your, your, your inventory is your schedule in your day, and you only have so many hours, and you could only charge so much. So it was always a struggle for me. I, I wanted to work with more people. I wanted to have a bigger community. I wanted to have more influence than just a small group of six to eight clients. And when I opened up my first CrossFit gym, um, in 2004, that, that was really my goal. I, I, it was another one of those big risky moments where I took all of my personal clients and I basically lumped them into group classes. I mean, I, I think that was, it wasn't overnight that I basically cut my personal training income off and, and just put, pushed everybody into group classes. But, it, but it was relatively quickly that, um, I, I, I just decided that investing in a, a bigger, more scalable community was the direction I wanted to head. And uh, that's, what, that's what ended up happening. It's, a, it's a, such a phenomenon. Even folks who don't know what CrossFit is. In fact, let's back up just for a second because there's folks, even right now, I'm, I'm a part of the whole life challenge for, for this season and uh, this game that you've, you've created, you and your partner, uh, for this for the world there's about right. apparently about 20,000 or so of us playing right now. Yeah, there are. And I have a little team, a little, I mean, a tiny team, 25 people, but it is fun. I mean, the amount of, well, let me just back up for folks who don't know the whole life challenge. You go to wholelifechallenge.com, You can check it out. And they happen. I think you said three times a year. Is that right? We do them three. We do them three times a year. Our, our, we decided, and partly this is partly because of my endurance background, endurance sport background was, you know, there's, there's something significantly different about running a marathon on your own or running the New York City Marathon. And what's the difference? Well, you got 27,000, 30,000 other people running with you when you're yeah. doing the New York City Marathon. And we've, we've, we just felt that having that sort of worldwide momentum was valuable enough to make it only make it limited, limit the, the availability. Now, the problem is if your listeners go there now to check out the challenge and get excited, 
they can't join. The next one doesn't start till May 2nd. And we realize that. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of the choices we made in, in how to operate the business. Well, I, I love the choice because it reflects the reality of opportunities past. It also connects to uh, a fear of missing out, which is one of the most powerful drivers in the economy today. And, and also a sense of, I don't want to miss out. Like it's right. I, I'm excited to be a part of it. And also I think what's striking to me is you started this like in 2011 with like 150 people or something? Well, we, we that, you know, that's a really interesting thing about it. We were not trying to do this. This was not a, let's figure out the next thing that I'm gonna, we're going to, we can take over the world with, you know, like it was, we're not app developers. We're not tech guys. I'm not, you know, no, I mean, I, I would barely consider myself an entrepreneur. It's kind of funny. That I, now that I look back, I don't just start companies, you know, like that's not my thing. Hmm. My, my, my thing is really around helping people achieve things that they thought was, were, was impossible, were impossible and, and coaching, coaching people, whether it's groups of 10 people or one-on-one or, you know, a thousand people or 20,000 people and the, uh, you know, developing the, the whole life challenge was a product of 10 years of, well, really at the time it was eight years of, how do we deliver a better product or a better experience for our existing clients in and around impacting their lives? How do we impact their lives more? How do we get them to see the impact of the everyday choices they make that have nothing to do with going to the gym, have nothing to do with seeing us in the gym or, you know, how many, how much they can bench press um, or, you know, how fast they can do Fran or Helen. That question was a constant thing for us. And we, we started off with this product that we called food. You, that was, we, Michael and I call it our, one of our ma- worst failures. I guess this goes back to your question about failures. I mean, it wasn't really a failure in the sense of, um, it was a financial failure <laughs> right. and it didn't, and it certainly didn't create community. We had, it, it cost 500 bucks to do it. It was 12 weeks long. It was like a college course offered at the gym. We had 12 people start uh, most of which we gave away, gave it to away for free, and three people finished. It was boring, dry, you know, long. You had there was a lot of requirements to do it, and we, we, we loved the material, but it didn't have an impact. And we then we so we sat back down at the at the in our offices and we're like, okay, how can we take this and turn it into something that that is fun, that everybody gets to participate. It's not that expensive. You know, and I've been doing these fitness challenges for, at that point, about eight years, way before I even started CrossFit, where you do a workout, you train for eight weeks, and you do the workout again and see how much you improved. And we used to have these regular competitions at the gym around these improvement challenges. So we basically took the fitness improvement challenge, and we added all these parts to it. Hmm. And, and fortunately, we had a, a couple of developers who were clients, and we really, at the time, had no idea what what we were asking or, or what they were doing for us, uh, we were going to use a Google Doc. We, we had it all set up to use Google Docs, and people were going to sign in using Google Docs, and we told them our idea, and they said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and they built us the first rudimentary version of our, of, our logins, of our login system and our site and the points. Huh. It was, you know, it was, we had 150 people, and the, the, the impact in the community was so overwhelming, you know, like the things that we started to see people doing as a result of participating, the conversations that took place outside the 
gym, the meetups that were happening, the potluck, the, they would have paleo potluck dinners, the, the, um, the ability of our coaches to coach on topics that were way, they had permission suddenly to address things that typically a, your fitness coach doesn't have permission to address. Mm -hmm. Things that are going on in your life that, you know, that have an impact on your health and well-being that you don't even look at when you go to the gym. Mm -hmm. So it was such a incredible shift. We decided, okay, we got to do this again. And we got to figure out how to let, what's a way we can make, have more impact? Well, if, if I can invite my sister to do it with me, that would be more impactful to me. And if you could invite your mom and your dad and your and your cousins to do it with you, that would have more impact for you. So we looked at our current clients and said, how can we have a bigger impact on them? And we're like, okay, we they got to be able to invite their friends. So we created another version of the site where they could do that, and it was that would then we had 300 people in the challenge, and that was so overwhelmingly successful. We then said, okay, we got to share this with the rest of the world. And we, you know, because of my relationship with other CrossFit affiliates, we, you know, I just reached out to the people I knew and said, hey, we're doing this. You guys want to want to do it with us. Mm -hmm. And um, we partnered with a guy that used to be a business partner. I used to be in a business where I taught other affiliate owners how to run a business, how to run a CrossFit affiliate. Um, we went, I had, I had severed my, I had sold my part in that company to him. And we went back to him and said, hey, let's, let's, let's do something together. Let's, let's use your, your consulting with these different affiliates and make the whole life challenge available to them to do. And so we suddenly had a platform around which to launch it. We had 5,000 people in this first challenge. Wow. Wow. So, and then it's just kind of grown from there. We, we, you know, we've made, we, we have literally, we never really realized until probably in the middle of last year that we are really in the software development business. We're not in the health and fitness business anymore. And I, I kick and scream about that. I, I mean, I'm a coach and the way I think about things is from the standpoint of a coach, not the standpoint of an, of a entrepreneur or, a or a, um, you know, tech developer website guru person. So I don't always think clearly in, in, around, in and around getting stuff done. And we've, we've probably made, I don't know, we've, we've made at least five to 10 mistakes that, sh that could or should have been catastrophic. Like just, just, I mean, r ridiculous things that, that people in spite of the mistakes we've made have stuck with us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with the, from the website, just completely not working the way it's supposed to work, <laughs> just crazy stuff that just is not acceptable. And, um, We've continued to persevere. Now, now, like you said, we have twenty thousand people in this current challenge. Well, let, let's talk about that dynamic for a second of, of people being forgiving. I mean, when you say whole life challenge, what I love about it is you're not kidding. It's it's the whole of your life, right? And it's a real challenge. So I'm in the middle of it right now. I have this little little team, um, and I'm I'm not not athletic, but I I have uh, and I, I've historically been athletic, but I'm almost forty five, and the idea of like getting into this at this point just feels kind of like, oh, this is going to be painful. But what's great is uh, it is painful, but it's also like breaking thresholds that I thought couldn't be broken. So when I think about my life, so just so you guys at home, so you know, you get points in this game if you drink, if you take your weight divided by three, whatever the, that is in ounces, if you drink that every day. I hate that I have to go to the bathroom constantly, but I'm fully hydrated. It's kind of novel. Uh, I get I get <laughs> I get points for meditating every day, and 
my kids take pictures of me. Uh, and <laughs> they, <laughs> they mock me. Uh, but but I'm more at peace in my day. Like uh, you mentioned eating, like it's totally inconvenient, but it's making a huge impact in terms of how I'm living. Uh, exercise, exercise really kind of feels like a, almost a side note because there's so many different pieces to it. But right. be- because it's impacting so many parts of my life and especially relationally, like the idea of, whole life if the site something on the site isn't working the way i'd prefer whatever like i don't need the site i don't need to work out even it's it's right. there's so many different pieces to it it's all very forgivable talk a little bit about that that vision for not just making it about fitness but really making it about about the the holistic part of someone's existence. yeah uh i mean i i guess you know a big piece of my growth since really since I left my job back, you know, when I took that big jump and, and became a massage therapist was I, I've had a coach every step of the way I've hired a coach or I've worked with a coach or I've been in a coaching program or I've gone, you know, the personal development for me has been tremendous over the years. I mean, it's been nonstop. I, I don't know how much I should sit down and calculate how much I think I've spent over the years in like, you know, investing in myself and my, and my own growth and development, but it's been a lot. And, um, I was always interested in helping people develop the whole of the person, not just in fitness because well-being, you know, where does well-being begin and where does it end? I know folks at home are getting value in a lot of levels here. One, uh, they're thinking about the whole life challenge in their own life and how they could participate or maybe reconsider how they're engaging their life, how they're making a life, how they're, how they're relating with things that they think are currently impossible, but could be impossible. Maybe they're thinking about getting a coach or getting help or whatever. That's all on the kind of the personal level, but they're also thinking, um, how could I take my talent, my resources and, and build something special out of it? And right. I, I guess as we're finishing up, I, I'm wondering if you could just comment a little bit, kind of like a what if. If folks are at home and they're like, gosh, I'm a little terrified, but I think my best bet is on me and I want to go for it. Um, you, you already mentioned the idea of just, you know, mitigating risk by not being dumb. Like, but, right. but what, what like two or three other things would you say to somebody? Uh, we're having coffee and you're like, you know, just make sure you get these things right as a foundation before you move yep. forward. Yeah. So one of those things is never stop learning. You should, you know, if you're not enrolled in some sort of program, it doesn't have to cost a lot. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be some, you know, earth-shattering course that's going to change your life. Something that you enjoy is also pretty awesome. So I did. I took. A, I remember I took a photography course and I loved it. Um, so learning, you know, being on that path of constantly developing your 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 capacity as a human being to, you know, to know more to um, learn and, and push it and kind of like riding that edge of, of, you know, slight, maybe slightly uncomfortable. Maybe it's, it's things that, that you, you, whether it's time uncomfortable or a comfortable subject matter, but always be learning. That's a really, really, it's, it's just an investment in yourself. Um, and then I, the other thing is, Yes, you shouldn't be dumb, like in terms of like abandoning, abandoning your, your life, you know, when you, when you have no savings to, to go out and, and try something risky. At the same time, risk is typically good, like going toward risk. Um, it is, if you got a pit in your stomach and you're not sure 
if you're not sure, it's probably a, a good indication that that's a direction you want to head, or at least a direction you want to explore and spend more time with, and you know really consider taking taking small steps. Like it don't, they don't have to be. I, I would say that most of the steps that I've taken in my life have been the risks have been small enough that they don't send me into you know panic mode. So I I do go toward risk, but. For me, they they need they need to be they needed to be small enough that they were manageable. So I, that's the other thing I would say is if you're going to go towards risk, which I highly recommend, figure out what's a manageable risk for you to take and then take that. They don't have to be, you know, placing your entire life savings on red. You know, like doesn't have to be that way. This was episode 040 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. ConvergePodcast.com is our home where you'll find past episodes as well as Go, the unconference for creatives looking to grow their business, as well as Faster Mind Coaching, affordable business coaching for the rest of us. Music today provided by TripleSkyMusic.com. Sound as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Quaza at acreative.co for audio production. And a special thanks to Andy for being with us. Visit him and maybe take the challenge at WholeLifeChallenge.com. Finally, if you haven't shared an episode of Converge with a friend, would you consider it? Think of one person who you think would benefit from my conversations with Seth Godin, Chris Gillibo, Ann Handley, Jeff Goins, and many, many others, and invite them to join in. You caring enough to do that sort of thing is a nod to us that we're doing something right and is a really big deal. So, thanks. That's it for now. I'm Dan Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.